glory. Why don't you grab your Bibles and meet me in Hebrews chapter 11, and we'll start today in verse 24 and carefully examine the scripture. There's something very interesting about the subject, eyes on the prize, and we want to talk about that today. So let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and illuminate the scriptures, that the eyes of our understanding would be able to grab your word and take it, assimilate it, and apply it to our lives. Now, we thank you for the quickening power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, and around the world today we say, Amen. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. I think we need to realize that sin is temporary. The pleasure extracted from it is not something that can be sustained for an indefinite period of time. Glory to God. And we need to have motivation, not the sin. Even if we're in a situation like Moses, where it's like a buffet table of sin with all choice options of what you can do are laid before you. We want to talk about the power of eyes on the prize and how that can really transform your life, even empower you to live a holy life. Look at this, my goodness. It says that uh, he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing, temporary pleasures of sin. Pleasures of sin. I, I want to just stop there again just for a moment. If there is anybody who had the ability to dive in and enjoy. It would have been someone like Moses. Now, I know in our day and time, we have some things today that they did not have back then. We have water heaters. Even Pharaoh didn't have a water heater. And you can take a hot shower or bath anytime you want. They didn't have that luxury back then. And we have air conditioning. Don't you know, back in Egypt, they would have loved to have had air conditioning, but they didn't have that either. Nevertheless, Moses did have access to choice types of sin, and it was all around him. He grew up in the royal palace, and all the decadence, all the sins of the flesh very, very easily could be engaged by Moses because of his royal status. He had access to luxury and to pleasurable sin. It was all around him. He could engage it. And as a person in the royal family, in some ways it would even be expected of him, certainly understood by others that he had a right to do that in the eyes of carnal, sinful man. But he, he chose not to enjoy the passing temporary pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ or the insult of Christ or identification with Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Egypt had some treasures. At this time, Egypt 
was the superpower of the world. And there was a lot of wealth. There was a lot of gold. We see that in their historical records when you look at just smaller discoveries of like King Tut and all of the gold and all of the things that were laid aside for him that supposedly he could take into the afterlife, room after room of of chairs and furniture and uh, gold things for him to drink out of and sit on and on and on it goes, gold sarcophagus, all of that. And, uh, you know, the archaeologist will tell you that King Tut was one of the lesser pharaohs, one of the lesser kings, one of the lesser rulers, that these other pharaohs had a lot more wealth than than uh, King Tut did. It's just that King Tut's tomb was never discovered until the 1800s. It was never plundered or robbed, so we saw what he had. The other pharaohs had much, much more. So when it mentions the treasures in Egypt, all of that was the playground in which Moses lived. How did he say no to all of these things? It says he looked, for he looked to the reward. He looked at it, something he could even see in his mind's eye. You've got to be able to not just know there is a reward, but you must be able to see the reward. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I call this the eyes on the prize principle. And this little phrase, eyes on the prize, I just kind of picked it up one time years back when traveling overseas. And me and some other ministers from, uh, we were uh, like a, a, a gathering from America and Canada. We had finished a conference together in another nation. This was an Asian nation, and the conference ran for, you know, quite a few days. When the conference was over, myself and the other speakers being from America and Canada, we were really hungry because we we just couldn't eat the fish eyes and the electric eel. It just, something about the coiled up eel, it was just kind of hard to get it down, praise the Lord. And I, you know, I, I just, I had difficulty with the food, uh, sometimes not just what was served, but sometimes the smells, sometimes certain cultures like food that's a little bit on the rotted side, it has a stinky uh, smell to it, and, and some people think that's delicious, but when you're not used to that, if you eat that, you can get sick. And I just, I just, you know, I have faith to eat a lot of things, but some things I don't have the faith for. The faith's not there. I just, uh, I'll try to survive off maybe something else. And there was some rice. I could eat the white rice, but nevertheless, the conference was a wrap. And we were in a remote mountain region where the conference was being hosted at. And so it's now time to come down the mountain and get back to access to some things that we could easily uh, eat and acclimate into our physical system. Praise God. So we all knew, me and the other ministers knew, that at the base of that mountain was a what? A 7-Eleven. Praise God. And so we're just thinking, if we can just get down from this mountain, we've all lost some weight. We all have had a wonderful conference, a wonderful time together. But if we can get down to the base of this mountain, 
then we can get to the 7-Eleven and we can go in there and we can just we can hit that 7-Eleven and get all the junk food we want to uh, connect with our, uh, you know, westernized systems of eating. Praise God. Okay. Well, going up the mountain was quite an ordeal. Coming down the mountain, also quite an ordeal. I'm talking about twisting, winding, switchback roads that seem designed to create nausea. Now, I know that if you sit in the front seat, you don't have as much movement and your eyes contract the road better. But when you're sitting further back in a van and we're all in a van and you're coming down a mountain and put on top of that foggy conditions so you can't really see and you can't really get oriented and all of that affects the fluid in your ear, that's what causes nausea or motion sickness. Uh, Plus the fact that you're tired, plus the fact that it's also a, a cold, uncomfortable temperature. Well, Pull all of that together, you've got a good recipe to really create some serious nausea for the passengers in the van, including yours truly, who's riding along. Well, as we began to come down the mountain, and knowing that it's going to take quite some time to get through all of this, uh, quite a few of us began to get that greenish look in our faces, the initial stages of a major barf episode of, of, of a serious vomit situation building up. But there was one guy in the van, he was hilarious. One of these ministers was absolutely hilarious, a great preacher and a gr- great comedian in a way with Holy Spirit humor. And it, it didn't phase him a bit. I think that you could go switchback mountain driving with him all day long and he would even like, he would like it. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses in life. And for him, he was actually loving it. He was even turned around sideways and he was like playing some type of a game with another person uh, in the van that it didn't bother that person either. And he, he just thought the whole thing was fun. And he kept saying, eyes on the prize. I'll never forget it. Eyes on the prize. And for those of us that are trying to not get sick and nauseate it, you know, that, that was like help. And every, every two minutes, men, eyes on the prize. And, uh, you know, it was funny because we're like, okay. And, and you want to sometimes tell the driver, hey, uh, you know, slow down or can you put the windows down? But the driver couldn't speak any English. And so no windows are down. There's not enough air coming in. And it was just a, it was the perfect storm for nausea. It was the perfect setup to get everybody sick. So here's the thing. Eyes on the prize. Hang in there. Stay focused. If we can just get down to the bottom of the mountain, we will, we will just tell this guy somehow through motion, sign language, stop at the 7-Eleven. We can just get, and you, you can't stop when coming down because the roads are way too narrow and uh, uh, too dangerous. So you have to keep moving. But the whole thing was get to the base of the mountain. Eventually, by the grace of God, we made it. But just before we got there, not everybody could make it. And there was uh, some serious throwing up, hallelujah, that took place. And, you know, no big deal. It can always be cleaned up. Uh, But somebody couldn't quite hold it. And uh, out it came, full force. Praise the Lord. He, he kept his eyes on the prize, but the, but the prize didn't get there soon enough for him. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, we eventually reached the beloved 7-Eleven. 
and we went in there. My daughter, she was on the van with me. She hung in there. She she made it. She turned green. I turned yellow. Hallelujah. We were all turning different colors, but we eventually made it, and we all went into the 7-Eleven, and uh, I, I just, I'll never forget it. Some of my friends were buying Oreos, and I'm buying, uh, I can't remember what I was buying. I was just trying to get something American. My daughter, she's buying Doritos, and everybody's getting their, their fix for their, uh, you know, for their taste buds that have been deprived for quite some time. And we all get back on the van, and uh, we're eating our food, and even the Oreos, even the Doritos, everything has been, how can I say, tweaked to the Asian taste bud. So my daughter dives into the Doritos bag, and it tastes like Asian Doritos. It has no Western flavor at all. You wouldn't even hardly recognize uh, the, the, the two. Uh, didn't even taste like an American Dorito chip. And my friend, the other minister who's eating the Oreos, they taste like Asian Oreos. And they had no... No Western-type uh, identity at all, although it looks just like it on the picture, on the box. You think, those are good old American Oreos. Nope, not even close. Well, nevertheless, just holding it in your hand with the American look, or the Canadian look for my Canadian friends, brought some relief. And we all had some good laughs, and we all had some good fun. But I'll never forget that. Eyes on the prize. Eyes on the price. That helped me when I was struggling. The, the gentleman saying it, it didn't help him because he wasn't struggling. He's saying it to help us, praise the Lord. And I think when you feel weak, I think when you're in a situation like Moses, when you are surrounded by things that are very, very tempting, when you're, when you're also surrounded maybe by discouragement, uh, temptations to quit, throw in the towel or give up or whatever it might be or the throw up or whatever it might be I think it's important to know eyes on the prize as Moses did he looked at the reward mm, 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 mm. remember it's not just knowing that there is a reward it's being able to see it you must have something visually in your mind that is an image of the reward if you think that something ethereal or something like a mist or some kind of a weird vapor that you cannot materialize in your mind's eye the scripture's not going to work for you Moses looked at the reward praise the Lord let's talk about it a little bit more today when the going gets tough, and I have to be honest with you and let you know that in life, it can get tough at times. Now, remember, it's not always like that. Paul talked about a short season of but what we would call toughness. He didn't say a lifetime, but he talked about a short period of time. When sometimes things can get pretty tough. When you are going through times like that, it's very, very important that you can identify a reward in your life. Again, he uh, is referring to Moses, esteeming the reproach or the insults of being associated with Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked, he looked, he could actually see it. He looked to the reward. Now, for some people who are maybe well-developed with their natural components of life working well, oftentimes they look at people who are advanced spiritually and they think, 
I wish I, I wish I could connect with some type of spiritual reward. But then again, you could have a completely flip side. You could have a person who's very advanced spiritually, yet there's something missing in their natural life. And so they need a natural reward. Let's take Hannah for a moment. Hannah was a woman that had a tremendous prayer life. She had a deep walk with God, but she's like, Lord, I've, I've got all of this, but I don't have a son. So here's a woman spiritually advanced, but she's looking for a natural reward, a physical reward, that of a son, a male child, okay, that she can give birth to. And so although she's spiritually blessed, she's looking for something naturally as a reward motivator. Praise God. So it's very important to understand that God is the one who set this up in the earth system and also inside of you if we can call it your inner mechanics what gets you up and moving and motivated it is God who designed established and created what we can title a reward system you need to understand God's reward system method of operating and keep your eyes on the prize praise the Lord I believe that it can even be proven that everybody operates better when you are presented with a reward. Woo, hallelujah. Works different for different people, but everybody will step up and do better when there's a reward. Think about a child for a moment. You may tell the child to clean the room. And the child, uh, you know, he might be a good, a good child, a good son or daughter. And the son says, you know, oh, okay, I'll do it. And they clean the room. Some, some might be a little more difficult. Everybody has their little things they struggle with. You may have another child that's just like, Ugh, I don't like cleaning the room. Oh, well, son, clean the room and, uh, Let's go outside and play football. I'll throw a football with you. Oh, okay, Dad. Yeah, I'll, I'll clean the room. I'll have it done in five minutes. Because why? The son loves football, and he wants he wants he wants Dad to throw football with him, or whatever the case might be. Or you ask the, your daughter, you know, get your homework done. Oh, you know, Dad, I I, I just, you know, I normally like my homework, and I, but I just, I'm just not into it today. Oh, hey, get your homework done. Let's go get ice cream. Oh, oh, I love getting ice cream. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give me 40 minutes. I'll get it all done. Then we can go get ice cream. See, reward, motivation, and God designed the reward motive. It is God who created this. Praise the Lord. Remember with Moses. He looked to the reward. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, children are different from adults. You're not going to get an adult to do much with ice cream or maybe just tossing a football around. But, you know, it, it works differently. I remember years back, you could go into the post office. I, I, I think it's different today. You don't see much of this today, although some post offices probably still do it. I haven't seen it where I go to, though. Uh, you could walk into a post office, and there were rewards posted at the local post office by the FBI saying, want it. This person uh, is on the run, armed and dangerous. If you see this person and you supply information that leads to their arrest, you will receive a reward, 
cash or whatever it might be. And and that was just normal. In almost any post office you'd walk into, you would see a reward. And that's the government basically saying, hey, help us get this guy, and what? You'll be rewarded for having done a good thing. Back in the Old West, back in the 1800s, you know what? You you would see those signs up, those, those little posters, wanted, dead or alive. $25,000. There is a reward on that guy's head. Bring this guy in. He's so dangerous, you can even bring him in dead. We'll give you $25,000. Well, what does that create? That creates a reward system and in some ways creates a whole new industry called bounty hunters. Well, Pastor Stephen, why would a bounty hunter risk their life to do something dangerous like that? Oh, there's only one reason, not to get their name put in the paper, but to claim what? A reward. Hallelujah. It's amazing what people do when there is a reward placed before them. We see this in the case with Moses, where a reward can even motivate you to live a holy life in a culture steeped in decadent sin. When pleasures are all around Moses, and he has free access as the grandson of Pharaoh, as the son of the king's daughter, he, he's he got access to all the make-you-feel-good stuff. It's there. Anything you can think of, I know we've got some things today, but they had some things also that are not available today. He had access to all of it, and he turned it all down. He turned it all down. Why? He could see a reward. He could literally see a reward, and the reward so overwhelmed what the enemy offered him on like a buffet table of sin that Moses just said, no, no, I'm not interested. I'm not, inter- I'm not interested. Not saying it wouldn't be fun. Not saying it wouldn't feel good. I'm just passing on it. I've got something better that the Lord and I have, co- the Lord and I have connected with. Praise God. I think we need to talk about it a little bit more. It's so close. Go back just a few verses. Hebrews chapter 11 and look at verse 6. Please say this as we're turning there. Say, eyes on the prize. You must not only know that there is a prize, a reward, you must be able to see it. And even while we're talking about this today, during this message being presented to you straight from the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is going to help you identify the reward that God presents to you. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder. Please say that, say rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Would you really seek the Lord for hours every day, for years in a row, not expecting God to ever bless you? for it. Now, am I being too real today? Sometimes people think that they get so spiritual that nothing natural affects them. But when I read the Bible, I see that God is a rewarder, not only in the world to come, 
but also even in this world, he will honor and reward reward those who diligently seek him. You better believe he will. And if he wouldn't, there wouldn't be any seeking going on. We just have to acknowledge that. If there's no reward, if there's no response, if God doesn't even answer prayer, why would we even pray? Oh, but you're seeking. Why? You're expecting a reward. Absolutely. And when you know that he will reward you, and he will even give you visualization of the reward, oh, you talk about getting locked in. Wow. You talk about a pursuit where you turn up the heat when you know, hey, this is for real. Absolutely. Absolutely. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Praise God. Hallelujah. What if the general manager of the car dealership called all the, the salespeople into his office? He's got a big office, and he gets all 30 salespeople into the office. And he says, this is a new month, and by the end of this month, I want us to shatter all previous sales records. I want us to sell more vehicles in this month than we've ever sold before. I want all of you to know that we're going to have ads on television. We're going to have ads in the newspapers. We're going to be doing special Internet email blast, And the people are going to be coming in to buy. And I want you to get ready to sell because we are going to sell this month more vehicles than we've ever sold before. A hand goes up. A salesperson says, boss, what's in it for us? What do we get? The general manager says, I want each of you to know that after one month for all of your hard-earned efforts and for working 16 hours a day and for making the dealership so profitable, each one of you is going to get a Snickers bar. And you can take it home and split it in half and share it with your wife and just get, show your wife how much this dealership appreciates all of your hard work. Don't you think it's going to be real quiet in the sales office? Don't you think that even, even, even if customers pour in... Don't you think there's going to be some listlessness and some lifelessness in the salesman? Why? If there's nothing in it for them, why? Why, why make all of this effort? Everybody wants to know what's in it for me. P- please, please, unengage from trying to be spiritually deep for a moment. And just think about how God created you. If you're a college student... Are you really going to burn the midnight oil and stay up to 2 o'clock in the morning and study and study and study to earn a 4.0 GPA if it doesn't make any difference between a 4.0 and a 1.2? Would you really do that? Why do people do that? Because there's awards and rewards and scholarships associated with those who are in that category. Hallelujah. And if you sell 30 cars in a month, you will be rewarded. The commission goes up and up and up, and rightfully so. Why? You're making the dealership rich. (laughs) And you're lining your own pocket along the way. And God's happy about it. God's not a socialist. God does not believe that 
everybody just gets, you know, a little nickel. And everybody should be happy with their nickel. This person worked uh, 80 hours a week, and this person didn't even work at all. This person is a total loafer, but we're just going to divide it all up evenly. No, absolutely not. You do not see that in the Bible. That is not kingdom protocol. Not by any, not by any means. Not by any means at all. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Does, a, does an athlete train for four years, govern their diet, structure their life, plan the routine, hit the weights, develop their muscles, develop their coordination and their skills, and do all of this to go to the Olympics just so they can say, you know what, it was just fun to be here. Or do they do that? hoping, desiring, even expecting to meddle. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, they're in it to get something out of it. And if you do win the gold, it's more than just a gold ribbon. It's more than just a gold with a ribbon around your neck. It can be shoe sponsorships that run into the millions of dollars. It could be your face on that box or on that billboard or in that magazine and it runs up and it runs up and the money runs up the money runs up the money runs up what is that it's a reward for winning it's a reward for having tried it's a reward it's a reward for your sacrifice praise the lord what if you went to a job interview please please disengage from trying to be spiritual think just think for a moment because God's spiritual but God created the natural think for a moment what would happen if you went to a job interview with a fortune top 10 company multi-billion dollar company and you go there and they tell you everything they're expecting out of you for a management position they let you know that there will be times where you're going to need to work overtime. And sometimes it might even bump up to 70 hours a week. They want you to know they're going to endeavor to extract the very best out of you. That your ability to solve problems, that you have a unique gifting, will be fully applied. And they are expecting you to be a team player. They're expecting you to get along. They're expecting you to take the company to the next level. To really bring that department up. And they're wanting you to bring your very best, your, your A game. And you say, I understand that. I understand that you're going to make a great demand upon my gift and my talent. And so my question to you is, if you select me for this position, and I, and I hope you do, I'm even expecting you to do because I believe I'm the person for this position. My question is, what will my reward be? How much are you going to pay me? What is the salary? Are there any bonuses? What would happen if the employer jumped back and the, the person uh, conducting the job interview jumped back and said, oh, well, we, we just thought you were going to do it for free. Hmm? Hmm? Would you think, hey, what are you doing wasting my time? I've got a family to feed. I've got a life to live. And my, my skills, my talents are worthy, listen to me, of being rewarded. Would you actually expect to work 70 hours a week 
Strain your brain, strain your body, put your heart into it, release all of your talent and all of your gifting, and then they'll give you a pat on the back, and they say, we just want you to know we really appreciate you. You're a real blessing. You're just a real blessing. Just let, just want you to know your blessing. Hmm? Would you think these people are crazy? They would be. But you notice, you notice that when a large corporation is wanting to attract talent, they'll pay good. And not only will they pay good, they'll say, look, if, if we meet these goals, these are what your bonuses will be. Oh, but bonuses? Bonuses? Don't tell me it's not exciting to get a bonus. Mm. The bonus is 10000 The bonus is 100000 Don't tell me that's not exciting to talk about the bonuses. If the CEO carries this company to this level, to this sales revenue platform, Oftentimes, look, you and I both know for, for big corporations, the bonuses run into millions and millions and millions of dollars, and he's worth it. He's worth every penny of it. Well, I, I can't believe they gave that CEO a bonus of $27 million. He made, he made the company billions of dollars through his leadership. Yes, put him on a private jet. Absolutely. Yes, giving perks, giving privileges, giving benefits. Why? He's he's leading the company into billions and billions of dollars or sales revenue, and everybody's feeling the blessing of it. Yes. Even even in the Bible, the laborer is worthy of his hire. Mm, mm. But suddenly, somehow when it comes to faith. Suddenly, somehow, when it comes to seeking God, suddenly, somehow, when it comes to spirituality, we suddenly expect God to give us a Snickers bar. We suddenly, somehow, expect that there's nothing in it when it comes to the kingdom. That when it comes to doing business with God, all you're going to get from God is this. My friends, God is the originator of the reward system, not, not man, not the business world, not the economic system of capitalism or whatever it might be, or a democracy or whatever it might be, or a free market system. No, it's God. It's God. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God rewarded Moses. Would Moses have done it without a reward? I don't know, but why, why, why would God give him a reward? Because he needed it. And you know what? You do too. You're not bionic. You're not superhuman. You're not from a different race or a different planet. You're part of the human race. You function as well with a reward system. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. When you have a tough day and things aren't going well, you need to think about the reward. Hallelujah. A reward from God that God authorizes and says, you do this, I'll do this for you. Look, look, parents do it to children all the time. Don't forget, he is Abba, Father, Daddy, God. We are his sons and daughters. Where did all this come from? It came from God. You do this. I'll bless you with this. Hallelujah. Eyes on the prize. If there's no prize, why try?
Why not just vomit? Why not just throw up? <laughs> right. We're never going to get off the mountain. We're just going to drive for eternity. I just might as well throw up. No. Eyes on the prize. You're going to reach your destination. Hang in there. Hang in there. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm. Right now, the Holy Spirit is helping you to formulate the prize that God says, hey, run with me. Serve me. Live for me. Seek me. Give me your all. And I'll give you a glimpse of what I'll do for you. I'll give you a glimpse. Look, it's, I'm talking a concrete glimpse. Because oftentimes it's not just one thing. It's a package deal. It is a, it is a salary plus bonus plus perks plus benefits. Who takes a job and doesn't know what the benefits are. Well, we, we don't have any benefits. You should just be happy to be working for here. Now shut up before we slap you. No, 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 no good company does stuff like that. They all have a pay that you can expect and benefits, whether it's health, medical, eyes, dental, and, I, and some of them got it good. I'm not, you know, not, not just these bland little medical things where you, you know, you can get your tooth looked at, but doesn't really cover anything. No, no. Some of these plans go deep. Gotta go deep. Glory to God. Hallelujah. T- I'm talking full spectrum, covering all kinds of stuff. You know, exercise programs, memberships at the gym. I, I mean, perks and benefits going out the window. And you know what it does? It makes people say, I want to work there. Where does all this come from? From God. From His Word. From His Word. You operate best when you understand there is a reward that God places before you, and He gives you the ability to visualize what it is, and know what you can expect. When you fulfill your end of the obligation, he fulfills his end. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, I pray for everyone watching and listening right now that the reward that you have for them, which is tailor-made for every individual, unique to their calling, to their assignment, to their job location, to their assessment of where you've placed them and what it is that you've called them to do, Oh, God, open it up to them and show them the full benefit package. Lord, let them come down and sit down with you and talk and go over all the details. Father, I thank you that you'll make it very clear to them if they'll talk with you about it. Now, Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Right now, prophetic sight, look and see. Look and see. And to the reward that God has for you. Moses could see it. It says in the Bible, he could look at the reward. Hallelujah. Don't get too spiritual. Well, Pastor Steve, when I get to heaven, I don't want much. I just want a little shack over in the corner. There are no shacks in heaven. Praise God. And it's not just when you get to heaven. Because some of you got a long ways to go before you get to heaven. You got 40 50, 80 years before you ever get there. You need something to motivate you now. Hello. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't get so spiritual on me that we can't talk B-I-B-L-E. 
Praise God. <laughs> In the right here and now. I know one day we shall fly away. But right now you're still here, aren't you? You must be if you're listening to this program. So you need something right now. Lift your hands. Holy Spirit, show it to them. Show it to them. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm telling you, a reward is an incredible motivator to the live for the Lord and to follow fully the path that He has planned for your life. And no deviating. No deviating. Even if you're Moses in the midst of a pagan heathen culture that offers it all to you for free. Full access. It's amazing what a reward that God places before you will empower you to do. If you can just stay inspired, it's incredible what you can do in the Lord and the Lord through you. The reason some of you have no inspiration is because you have no visualization of a reward at all. But all of this originates from God. And don't try to reinvent the wheel. He's already, invented, he's already invented the wheel. He's already created your DNA structure. Your DNA, who you are, responds to this system of operating. Praise God. Even children, even children understand it. Do good, you'll get a piece of candy. Oh, okay, I'll be good. Even ch- It's so simple, even children uh, uh, understand it. God can give you a lot more than a piece of candy. Woo, glory to God. But in reference to candy, he can make your life real sweet with his rewards. One more time, lift your hands, Father, bless your people, reveal it to them. Reveal the reward system to them that you have for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Say amen. Now, for those of you who can't quite see it yet, it's okay. Say it's coming. Come on, prophetically say it. Say the revelation of it is coming. Glory to God. Let's, let's seal Let's seal the revelation of what you've just received so that it not be stolen by the devil. Let's seal it by taking communion together. Please, right now, go grab some unleavened bread, grab some grape juice. We're going to take communion together. Praise God. Praise God. Father, we bless the bread and the juice. We consecrate it. It's now set apart, sacred and holy. This is now the flesh and blood of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the flesh of Jesus. We receive it now. Walking in the light of your word, we thank you for full revelation of your intention to reward us as we pursue you, walk with you, and like Moses, keep looking to you and to the reward that you lay before us. Father, thank you. We receive the body of Christ now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take together. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that we can approach you with a clear, clean conscience. Right now, Father, I just say a corporate prayer for everybody watching. Father God, I ask that you cleanse every sin. Remove all sin from your people, that is, sin is confessed and put away, and a heart to live for you, to live for you, and to, to, to serve you is now fully embraced. We thank you for the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. I absolve your people from sin and from a guilty conscience, as sin is confessed and put away. 
Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We now receive the pure, holy blood of Christ. We thank you that we can talk to you, Father God, with full confidence and a clean conscience because of your Son's shed blood for us. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Let us now receive this precious blood. Praise God. My friends, please meditate on today's message. The Holy Spirit will give you more revelation as you visualize the prize, as you visualize the reward. And I leave you today with these these words, eyes on the prize. I'll see you next time. Stay blessed. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.